We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's True Faith Podcast live. Uh, what is it? It is 11 p.m. and we are in our hotel back in Liverpool Town Centre. Myself and Ben Wade, Norman Riley, who has been watching the game at the pub, joins us on the line for Newcastle to discuss Newcastle United's uh, disappointing, frustrating 1-0 defeat to Everton at uh, Goodison Park tonight live on on Sky. I'm sure most of you listen, if not all of you, saw the game. Uh, so we thought we'd get some post-match thoughts out down as soon as we could. Uh, myself and Ben haven't had the privilege of seeing any replays, but I'm sure Norman, you'll keep us right on uh, any of the controversial incidents. Um, ben, uh, you know, a tough one to take that, wasn't it? It was just... We've we've not played badly there. We've we've made one mistake really and and been made to pay for it. Um, Yadlin at the back post. I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. I don't know why he's not just headed it out be, behind for the corner. He seems to have have got a bit um, sort of mixed. I, I don't know if uh, I think is it Lascelles jumps with him in front of him maybe, and I think there's an Everton attacker as well in between maybe tossing or someone and it sort of ricochets off a few people and, and ends up at the feet of Walcott. Um, but that's literally the one mistake we've made, really, and and we've, 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 we've paid for it. It's clinical from, from Everton. I suppose give Walcott credit for the finish as well. It was a decent finish, but it's just really frustrating. We we, we, we caused them to to, to create, create a lot of errors themselves, and, and we didn't... We didn't... Um, we, we couldn't um, put, put them to the sword, and... I mean the big one. We talked about it on the match day pod uh, at half time. Pickford pissing around with the ball and drills one straight at uh, Kennedy, and it sort of lands to to Perez. And he's got so much time, and I, I think you called it. He, he's caught in two minds of whether he should shoot the first time. I mean he was about 35, 40 yards out, I think. Um, and then he obviously sees Slomani and acres of space, and he, he just plays the worst pass. You'll ever see. It's yeah. so frustrating. Norman, yourself, you watched it at the pub. Um, I know you think it was a, a very harsh result on Newcastle. It, it was a harsh result. Now, I'm not saying that we um, we deserve to win by, by any stretch of the imagination, but there is absolutely no way we deserve to lose. Um, what you had was you had like an Everton side come out after all of the, the shit that's gone on recently with Alisson, you know, or this supposedly mistaken survey that was sent out, the fact the fans don't like him clearly don't like him he's probably still a little bit in denial because he's kind of been in denial all of his career about how people feel about him really and uh, they came out and uh, yeah they, they, they did from sort of about the 10th minute to the 35th put a bit of pressure on um, but it was pressure that was kind of 
you know, it never got like really beyond the sort of 35 yards, uh, sorry, the, the 25 yard, 20 yard area, and we dealt with it. And I remember turning around and saying to people, like, if we get to the 60, sort of 60, 65th minute, bring on Gale at 0 0, I think we'll go on and win. What we don't want is for, for us to concede early in the second half. And I thought I thought we'd like rode that storm. And um, Walcott, fair play to Walcott, very good finish. He'd had, a, he'd had an absolutely shake game prior to that. He had a shake game all match. He got given man the match on Sky purely because he scored. Um, and it was just one of those where you thought, well, they've scored now. Everton have scored. Allardyce is going to stick 10 men behind the ball. They're not going to create another chance for the whole game. And that's exactly how it panned out. And unfortunately, we just didn't have... We didn't have the kind of the urgency to get the equaliser or the cutting edge. Even even if you've got like a side who who aren't desperate for points, which we are, we're not desperate for points, we'll survive, we're gonna finish in the top ten, that's quite obvious, which is an incredible achievement regardless of what happened tonight. We didn't have that kind of desperation to, to cut them open and we didn't have the um the the kind of player on the pitch who could just produce something a little bit a little bit special to, to get the equaliser. Um it was just a it was just one of those where you think, like, if we got the first goal, we would have won. They got the first goal. Of course, they did exactly what Allardyce would always do. They fucking, they got every single man behind the ball. They, they, they closed every single channel down, and it was just a, it was just a, a bad, a bad time to play them. And um, and Allardyce will obviously milk, milk the fucking plaudits in his own mind. He'll have his little friends in the media telling how good they were. No, no. For a team that has got a thirty fucking million pound in midfielder and Morgan Schneiderlin, a team that if you look at every single player they have bought on the pitch has cost more than any player we've got on the pitch more or less. Other other than Seamus Coleman, who was bought like fifteen years ago, then they are punching way below that weight. And um, I, Allardyce can milk that as much as he wants, but they were fucking terrible and we didn't deserve to lose. It's as simple as that. I think it was it was a frustrating game because not really, neither team really dominated the midfield i thought diarme and shelby had decent games probably not the the best um but certainly not the worst either but it was just the obviously they were against um gay schneidlin and and rooney was dropping deep as well so they were sort of outnumbered at times but even then they it, it wasn't like everton dominated that that sort of midfield battle i didn't think and um obviously they they've, they've got they you could tell sort of they were looking to to sort of spread us wide and, and use Belassi and Walcott on the wings and obviously they've got two cracking full backs in Baines and um, Coleman who who like to get forward and, and are dangerous but even then I think we've, we negated most of the, the, um, we the threats from out wide we, we did Ben we, we totally negated them as I said in, in the first half they, they were always going to come on the blocks to the extent that Alex has had so much shit in the last week that he, he had he had to almost Tell his players to go for it in the first half, and that's exactly what they did. But as I say, we, we completely limited them. We limited them, limited them to like sort of 20, 25 yards. And um, obviously, we, we had a, on the break, we were really quick. And you you, you mentioned it before the um, the fact that Perez, he almost got caught in a situation where for a split second he was like, "I'll have a shot." Oh shit, I'm thirty five yards out. I need to pass. And by that point, he'd already he'd already kind of taken the shot. Um, but. It was always going to be a case of the team that got the first goal tonight was going to probably win, and that's exactly what happened. And it's just, it's very, it was, it was very frustrating. It's very frustrating in the sense that we're going to have a lot of people, I suppose, on social media saying that you know we didn't create enough chances, we didn't, we looked like a little bit lethargic. But from what I saw on TV, like we were no worse than they were, and we're in a very similar position to them. So. 
I, I don't think I don't think I can put any kind of criticism on the team tonight. I don't think anyone performed particularly poorly. And um, I, if I if I was an Everton fan, I would still be fucking wanting holidays out, despite the fact that my team had just won. Yeah, I think there's a there's a few different ways to analyse this. Number one. Uh, if you're going to be involved in a lot of very tight games, which were hard, Huddersfield was a very tight game, Arsenal was a very tight game, and we managed to come out on top of both of those, you are going to come on, come out on the wrong side. You can't, you can't win all the games that are, are very tight all of the time. Um, this really reminded me of Burnley and Huddersfield away, Brighton away to an extent in terms of first goal, won it? But there was a few more chances at either end, uh, in the Brighton away game. This is um, where the Huddersfield away game and Burnley away were very similar. Where you know I said at half time and I said in the match day part at half time first goal wins this, which is not a, a revelation. I'm sure a lot of people could see that and agree. Um, I just I thought we weren't really at it first half. I thought we were better second half. First half I just thought there was a lot of flicks. There was a lot of um back heels and attempts to do things which you wouldn't normally see from us. Now you could argue that the the players have earned the right to play with the pressure off and try something new, um, but it also just didn't seem like a very us performance and. Um, the, the the Rafa kept them in for ages at half time. Like the, the linesman was ready. I don't know if the, you picked this up on the TV or caught the commentary. Meant it. Uh, the linesman were ready. The referee was ready. Everton were ready. We took an age to go out of the dressing room. Uh, so I don't know what Rafa was saying and whether he was trying, you know, telling the team to be more direct to stop pissing about as much. Um, but I don't want to be overly critical because again, first half, although Everton had a, I'd say even until about the fifteenth minute, we we controlled the game. Uh, look, da- very dangerous on the break, and then uh, Everton kind of, you know, until the 35th, 40th, 40th minute, Everton were the better side, and that was it really for the whole game of, for Everton as an attacking force. Um, Everton, much like a lot of Everton, uh, Allardyce sides are all crosses and set pieces. Um, the goal we conceded came from an overhit Balassi cross. I mean, Balassi, wow, how to kill a footballer. Um, you know, there's a time I mentioned to Ben then in the first half when he was one on one with Yedlin in the box and he opted to put a shit floated ball in uh-huh. to the back post, which has clearly been told. This is a, a lad who loves running and fullbacks terrorising them. Um, you know, looking at the tactical setup, Norman, Everton very clearly decided to attack us and target both fullbacks. Um, do you think it works and do you think the lads who played fullback for us give a good account of themselves? It's an interesting question, maybe because I've I've seen I've seen quite a few sort of post match reactions, especially to um, Yedlin's performance, and there's been quite a lot of criticism of Yedlin's performance. Yet, if you ask the people that I was sat in the pub with tonight, and this is based on like, a camera angle of, of how he played, um, we thought he was like sound. He, he he was he was he was like he was actually one of my better performers in the first half. That's that's how it come across on Sky. Now, of course, he made he made a couple he committed a couple of errors, but you can't really say that. Anybody like on the pitch tonight? Well, you know, and he didn't didn't commit a single error. Maybe, maybe actually the army, the army was imperious again from again from watching it on TV. But um, Dummett put him some great tackles. I don't think I, ca- I can't follow. I can't follow more. You you said it a second ago um, about the fact that you know Ever- I mean Everton won one nil. They were going to play in a certain way. They were going to get a goal. They were going to they were going to like say say on the match and. We can we can we can talk now and see how disappointed we are with this with this set of lads tonight. It wasn't the win at the races, but at the same time, they're like they're still like every other single fucking team in that division. We're in a position now where they're kind of subconsciously going to switch off, and that's what happened. Everton weren't even at the races. It was just a very poor end of season game between two sides who are quite comfortable in the division, um, and. 
no matter how much Rafa tries to motivate them, because Rafa wants to win every game, they're probably going to not be as like, you know, 100% committed or as blood and thunder as I've been for the last three or four games where there's genuinely been someone to play for. Um, as I said, the likelihood is we're going to finish in the top 10 and I can't... I can't criticise that performance and I can't criticise them Dummett and Yedlin. I thought, again, TV angle, I thought they look, they look no worse or no better than anyone else. I think the only thing I would probably criticise before was the the style of, of play in terms of um, when when we had uh, Slomani on the pitch, obviously started. Um, I think we all said it was probably a good call to see what he could do from the start. Um, but... All the sort of balls into him were either to his feet or sort of played for him to run onto. Um, Which is what we do with Gale normally. Exactly, and that's the point. Is I think we sort of got ourselves mixed up a bit. So we, I mean, Slomani, he did all right. I don't think he he had a particularly bad game. He didn't have much of an impact. I mean, obviously, he could have it had have been slid in from from Perez. He, he probably scores and and we we herald him as as a, a, a will beater again. But. Um, I just felt like there was a it was a he was a little bit frustrating coming far too deep. There was a lot of times where obviously we needed a focal point in the attack and he was dropping quite deep to sort of come in win the ball back and it it just made it um sort of a bit uh, sort of close a uh, bit close sort of too compact in the middle. Um Gale came on sixty minutes and then we started putting balls in the box. When when you were thinking there was a couple of times where there were some great balls put in. And you just think, for fuck's sake, lads! If we if we if we would have been putting that into Slomani, it's simple though, is it? Because, I know it's I know it's yeah. not that simple, but it's it's just frustrating that when 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 the fullbacks of the wingers have the ball when Slomani's in the pitch, you probably get closed down uh, quicker because they're trying to stop the cross. Yeah. Where plus plus we were one 0 down when when Gale came on and we had yeah. to kind of fucking hump the ball in the box. And anyways, it was like it was almost a case of well, you know, what what have we got to lose now? Um, we did we did miss kind of Gale's um, busyness in the first half, I thought, but but at the same time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like criticise Slomani's performance. He, you know, like you, like you, you said a second ago, if Perez had made the right decision at that precise moment in time, Slomani probably would have fucking scored, and it would it would have changed the like the whole complexion on the game. I, I thought, and again, I'll re- repeat myself. Watching it on TV in a pub, what we saw every time the camera angle, the sort of pan on the ball going towards Slomani, he utilised his body strength like like superbly well. And um, I, I, I can't, I can't fault his performance. I can't fault anyone's anyone's performance because it was a game that meant pretty much nothing to both sides. So we can we can say there was a lot of like a lot of negatives tonight compared to where we've been in the last four games. But at the same time, in context, I'm not going to get like too wound up about it. And ultimately, we'll probably get on to it, Alex. You know, you probably got this, and you, and, you know, you probably already got this to discuss. The, the fact that we should have a fucking penalty and Bobby Madley was terrible tonight. Yeah, I want to talk about Madley. First of all, just a little bit from me and Slomani. Uh, there were good and bad facets of his performance. Number one, we enjoyed his physicality in the end. There was a couple of times when, you know, balls over the top, not particularly played towards anyone, ended up being throw-ins to Newcastle in the final third of Everton just because he was able to relentlessly harry Jagielka and um, Keane. And he, he did... He did get nout from Madley, and it makes it makes a big it makes a big difference for centre forward. He got nout from Madley all night. He was constantly being fouled. They were constantly holding his shirt, and he got nout. Now he wins three, four, five, three kicks in that first half. Number one, we we can build some pressure and continue to get the ball up the pitch more quickly. And number two, 
the defenders start backing them off, backing off them a little bit, allowing them to win headers because they can't keep giving away fouls, and he's he's allowed to take the ball down and turn. Having said that, he looked in, he looked like a bloke who's hardly played any football in in six months, which is what he is. Um, tonight, I thought he was massively rusty, and I thought Ben hit the nail on the head. He was positionally all over the place as the game went on, which is very like unlike Rafa's players. Now that's not necessarily his fault, or you know it might come with time in terms of you know if he starts against West Brom, he, he could um, negate that. But like Ben said, he was coming far too deep, far too often, and I think a I thought Gale played well when he came on. He probably should have scored, but there you go. And that's Gale. But Gale and Perez have got a real partnership gun, and I don't really think Slomani and Perez were on the same wavelength tonight, which, again, it's the first time they've played together properly, Ben. Yeah, just to come on that point, I think that it wasn't... I wasn't trying to criticise him. I think it just looks like a player that isn't part of this well-oiled dynamic of team that we've, we've created this season. And I mean, since since Gale and Perez have, have sort of played regularly together and Hossler's dropped out the team... We've, they've really gelled together and neither of them have particularly sort of been on fire in terms of getting the goals and stuff but they, 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 they dovetail very well together and they put defenders under pressure and um, I just think we, we lacked that the sort of the almost the unspoken like um, they, they know what each other's going to do they know when Gale knows when, when Perez goes to push where, where he needs to go and, and vice versa and I just felt like Slomani and Perez didn't have that um, connection yet, and I mean that that that's natural because he obviously Slomani's come to the team late and he's he's only played in three games with them, so it, it made sense that he he sort of probably w- wouldn't be as slick with him. But um, I think equally in terms of like you look at like Shelby's um, performance today because of, because of that, not that it was it was a bad performance, but he didn't he didn't have that opportunity to play those balls over the top that he normally gets from Gale and. I just think, like in in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. In hindsight, we probably would have been better off playing Gale because he would have absolutely tortured Michael. Uh, Michael he did. Kane. He did torture him. He but run. but like, is in get he, he got booked um, quite early on. I think in the set in the second half, and you just think he, he probably would have got sent off had had we have played Gale in the first half because he couldn't handle his pace. Um, even even when Gale came on the ball, the high balls were coming in. He was all over him, fouling him every time again, and had his hands all over him. He's just a terror. He looks such a bad player. Michael Keane since he's gone to Everton um, and it's just we, we could have put a bit more pressure on him and as I say then you could have had Slomani coming off the bench and bullying him a bit more and it's just I think it's probably something going forward now I would probably be in the mindset that we need to start Gale and, and that Slomani can have a bigger impact coming off the bench but it's not a criticism of the players I just think it's very short term though Ben isn't it and like, I'm Gale's biggest fan and I, I agree with most of the analysis but we're going to have to We'll have to buy a striker in the summer. We'll have to. And Slomani's been good for Newcastle so far, so we may as well play him on Saturday against West Brom. Like I know, and we'll probably win. But even if we don't, it's like Gale is, you know, you know, check tossing didn't do out tonight. Oh, you shite on it. Thirty million quid, but he is a thirty million quid player. He's got four in ten or something. He's a thirty million quid player. Even if Slomani at twenty nine is no longer a thirty million quid player, say Leicester probably looking to recruit eighteen twenty million quid from. Like what a chance we've got to have a look at an 18, 20 million quid player rather than you know play Gale, play Gale, play Gale, who isn't going to be what well, he might not be the main centre forward next season. I doubt it, but he you know he's been excellent recently. But he's even tonight he should have scored that chance that he put over the bar from the, from the knockdown. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, but I think it's worth persevering with Slomani and like like we said it. I think the the partnership or the, the relationship he has with Perez needs to improve because they were on different wavelengths tonight. And oh. It wasn't necessarily either of their their own fault, but. 
it was just one of them things. I think just on that, I, 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 I think you're right in terms of think what Slomani could give us because I mean even then he still was showing enough pace to to trouble them tonight. It was just I think horses for courses against that Everton back two, Jagielka and Keane would have really struggled with sort of the the pace of Gale. Um, whereas what they what they wanted was like a battle with with a Slomani type sort of hold up man. So I just particularly think, with Madley like giving like, uh, yeah, them free exactly. Yeah. So I just think for that for this game in terms of the the matchup, it probably would have suited Gale better. But you're right. I think what I said before the match was I feel like Slomani is more gives gives us a sort of more options in terms of the way we can play because he can he can get in behind and he can stretch he runs runs well with the ball at his feet and he gives us a little bit of different options. Um I mean what the answer might be is then if, if we do end up going and getting Slomani that maybe we need to look for a, a different type of number ten to play with him and it doesn't necessarily have to be Perez because as I say it was just it didn't it didn't quite work out tonight. But again, I mean it's the the third the third time they've played together and it'll only get better. So uh, we're probably sort of nitpicking here really. Roman uh, Bobby Madley got a lot of stick from the event tonight, and um, yeah, very frustrated. How very justifiable. No, no, all, all justifiable. You 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 said um, when we started the podcast, obviously because I got to watch a match on TV. I've got the the benefit of replays, and um, you might not have seen it yet, but there's a there's like a Twitter video going round of Madley basically apologising for the fact that yeah, he, he said I'm sorry, I didn't see it. The, the foul on Gale, I think that was a fucking clear penalty. Um, it was just a, an absolutely shocking performance. In a way, there were certain there were a few there were a few occasions where he kind of let he let play go on, um, and that worked in our advantage, to our advantage, and Everton's advantage. You know, he did he did give a couple of shitty decisions for, for Everton as well. Um, but overall, his performance was just um, just I suppose what we saw last season in the championship with with the same referee. Right, he was. Um, it was just very, very poor. Um, I think there was one occasion when uh, was it was it Perez got around the outside of Keane? Was it Perez and he gave Keane a yellow card? And you're thinking, yeah, but if Perez gets around him there, he's in on goal. Yeah, Gale. So Gale, yeah, Gale, 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 yeah. yeah. It was it. Yeah. So they go. The, the our, our reaction, our reaction on the table where we were in the pooza was red card, red card, red card straight because. If Gale got round him there, which he had done, he fucking flicked the ball round him. He was in on goal, yeah. and fair enough, he was fair enough. It was twenty five yards, you know. He was in on goal, but he still had like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of work to do to get the get the shot off. But there would not have been any defenders between him and Pickford, so it should have been a fucking sending off. Um, and and it was just a very poor decision, and he was he was abysmal for the whole game. But at the same time, <clears throat> it's difficult to. To blame a referee tonight for a defeat when you're looking at two teams who both put in pretty mediocre end of season mid table performances. I think just to come back, you know, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I, I said for the the the, the foul that uh, Keane got booked for, I said I said to Cowley at the time, there's he's, he's last man there. Like it, there's no chance Jagielka is getting back, um, and that's the frustrating one. Was it was two yards outside of the box. And that's it's one of those where the it's it's like we gain no advantage from that. He's get he's getting away with a a, uh -huh. a a sort of a cynical foul there where he knows he's brought him down. It's a free it's a free kick that's so close to the box that it's gonna be hard to score from to get up and over a wall and it's just yeah. that's that's the most frustrating decision in football. 
it's that one that's so close to but and yes you, I mean other people would probably say our oh, yellow was was deserved because it it was no, no, it was a red card he still had a lot to do card. all I would say is he still had a lot to do and it wasn't necessarily a a, a, a sort of a, a definite goal scoring chance but at the same time what like how what fucking more do you need to do to get a goal scoring chance you've beaten the last defender he's completely out of position he's pulled you down and and he there wasn't anyone gonna get across so that was a frustrating one I just feel like Madley didn't really he didn't know how to, um, to manage the game I think you're right in that he, he wanted to let things go and there was a lot of um, sort of niggly fouls that he was he was waving play on and then at different times he would then be like sort of giving the fouls and it just I think it was a, a very sort of um, just up and down performance from him he, he just he didn't really control much of the game and it just I mean even this, the, the stuff at the end where um, Pickford's like coming out and sort of winding up the fans and sort of ran over to us at one point like completely unnecessarily didn't need to um, he did. He took no action. At least go and have a chat, like have a word with him. You can't be getting away with stuff like that. And I just feel like it, it was a frustrating performance. I think he, he could have controlled the game a bit better. Well, can I ask you two a question? So, sorry, sorry, I supported there. Can I ask you two a question? No, Pickford, doing anything wrong? Total, like, total fucking bellend. I mean, you know, you've got you've got Southern fans on Twitter saying like, you know, give, giving Pickford the big congrats for his um, winding up with Newcastle tonight, right? Ultimately, Pickford, he loves Southern that much. He fucked off as soon as he could. When they got relegated, let they, you know, we'll, we'll throw that out. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Sutton. He cares about his career. That's for one. But Pickford winding Newcastle fans up. I wasn't there, but in the pub, we were just giving him. I mean, like you've got like what I'd say a good fifty people Newcastle fans in the pubs giving him dogs abuse from from like from you know from the warm up before the match. New, I can't imagine was was the abuse pretty heavy in the stadium, and if the abuse was heavy. Then Pickford reacting like by being a dick, I can kind of understand it as well, you know. Yeah, I really, I really want to make a point about Madley before I lose it. So I'll come back to Pickford. Ben, you made a good point about the way he manages the game. It, you're, it, it's almost like he referees the game like a fan. Like I would be or you, anyone listening would referee the game. He looks at kind of situations in the team and he sees Leighton Baines going down, you know, beneath Yedlin, and he thinks, well, that's Leighton Baines, so that's got to be a free kick. And then he sees. Slomani with uh, Keane all over him he thinks well Slomani's a big lad no, you know 50-50 for those two right. come on you know come on boys like let's play in the right spirit and if you, you saw Kennedy lose his head at the end because Kennedy was literally fouled right. about six times yeah. in 30 seconds and it's like Madley's just stood there fucking laughing yeah. and it's injury time and it's like mate have, have, a, have a little bit of perspective about the game situation don't just he, it's almost like he, he deals incident by incident and there's a fan you've got no idea what he's going to give throughout that game you've got no idea it's like some referees are let things go some referees are too niggly and give fouls with him it could go either way and it must be maddening for a player so to co- compare and contrast um, Tossin up front Lascelles goes up for every header clean because he can win them Every single header, Lascelles goes up clean, and every and pretty much Lascelles, but it's mostly Lascelles going for the high balls. So every time that 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 Lascelles goes up, Tossin a lot of the times doesn't compete for the header, and he bends into him, and he bends backwards, and it's like how like how madly like you can see if he's not even if he's not jumping for the ball, it's a foul because he knows he's not going to win the ball, and he knows he can put Lascelles off, and a he's not going to win the header, but he can ruin the direction of the header and, and try and influence the next phase of the game with the cells being on the floor. Uh, Madley just seems to be... To, it, Rafa last season, I don't know whether he said it publicly or not, so I don't know if I should say it, but he spoke to referee and asked him why he didn't get a decision and was, was told that, well, we didn't give the foul there because we know you'd rather keep playing. 
and the other team got the foul in that position because they'd rather have the set piece. And obviously, Rafa was doing his fucking nut because that's refereeing like a fan. And I, I, I don't know if he was referring to Madley, but it sounds a lot like him. And that's why that's why it makes it so difficult to comprehend why he's given these games constantly. Um, but anyway, back to uh, back to Pickford. Yes, he was getting a lot of stick from the Castle fans tonight. Um, there were some weird songs. You know, there was references made to him being pals with Alan Johnson. Uh, you know, I think there's Pickford's and on. So there was a, there was a lot of stuff, and it did it didn't really bother bother me too much. Him him giving a bit back at the end of the day, he has to go home. And um, when it when his head hits the pillow tonight after a hard day's work and a clean sheet, Sunderland Football Club is still about to die. And whether he wants to give something back to Newcastle fans or not, that's still a cold hard fact. Uh, the football club that he supported growing up no longer exists. It's a shell of an institution, and is going to play in the third tier of English football probably for a very long time. Um, so he can run over to the away end as much as he wants. I wish him all the best. I hope he has a good World Cup for England. doesn't change the fact that Sunderland were relegated at home to Burton Albion on Saturday. And if they lose this Sunday, uh, this Friday to Fulham, they will finish bottom of the championship with probably the fifth or sixth biggest budget. So, um, you know, fair enough, Jordan Pickford. Uh, he did get a lot of stick, but that's my response to that one. Pick, Pickford, Pickford couldn't give a fuck about Sunderland Football Club. Pickford was just pissed off that he was getting abuse from Newcastle fans. He couldn't care about Sunderland. He doesn't give a fuck. They can see he's a fucking massive legend. Get the rave on all that bollocks. He literally couldn't give a fuck about Sunderland Football Club. They mean nothing to him. What meant something to him tonight was the fact he was getting sick of Newcastle fans and he's like a 22-year-old lad and he got a little bit wound up by it so he gives some shit back. But mm. any, Sunderland fan, any Sunderland fan who thinks that Pickford cares for fucking Sunderland Football Club is fucking, like, absolutely fucking so far off the market. It's ridiculous. So there you go. He's a good goalkeeper. The, the, the most frustrating good, thing. Very about, good goalkeeper, mate. The very most frustrating thing about Pickford at night is that he wasn't tested enough. Mm. Um, and we only had two shots on target. Everton had one. Um, Norman back and should, should we have had a penalty? Sorry, mate. I've just had a bite of a sandwich here. Okay. Yes. We 100% should have a penalty. The, if you look at any kind of um, social media reaction, and of course, social media is, is, you know, you shouldn't really gauge your opinions on it. But it's right tonight. We, we, we should have had a penalty. And Madley, Madley, there is a video of Madley literally apologising for not giving the penalty. So, yes, we 100% should have done. And you lads, will, when, you watch the, when you watch the replays back, you'll see it. Well, that's frustrating. Um, yeah. It is frustrating. It is frustrating. But at the same time, mate, it's, it's Newcastle. You know, we don't get penalties. Yeah. So Brighton and Palace have had all our penalties this season. Um, <laughs> as, as we all know um, Ben I think a positive from tonight we're, we're faced you know like Tosin whatever his name is 30 million quid Walcott 25 million quid Balassi 30, 30 million quid and we're, 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 we didn't you know there's a couple of moments in the first half shall we say but we defended pretty well again and that's always positive with forwards because yeah you'd like to take a point from tonight but we're still that you know defensive unit do you, would you agree with that or would you say that's not much of a positive. Yeah, no, I think we, we, we that's the thing we didn't, it, we've, we've already said it, nobody had a bad game, we played well and we, we managed against a team that, as, as Norman's already said, the amount of money they've spent and let's be honest, they've got some quality players, like there's some very good players in that team that we would like love to, to take. I mean, Blassi, um, sort of in the past has been absolutely brilliant and I, he's, I was a bit sort of nervous at times um, tonight, thinking if if he just has a go here at Dummett, he he could have his have his pants down. Or um, obviously when he switched over and was against um, Yedlin, but it just it 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 didn't materialise, and we we managed to 
to control those players. And as I say, it's it's come down to one opportunity really. They've only created one chance in the game that Walcott's it's fallen to Walcott. Um and that that's all they've created in that team and you you've you've got to take a lot of credit, uh, give a lot of credit sorry, to the back four and and Diarme and, and even Shelby for the performance they did. They didn't let them get anywhere near. Testing Dubravka, I don't I can't think of any real saves, to be honest, that Dubravka's made tonight. And I he think didn't. that's and, and that's a massive credit to to sort of how how this um Rafa's team plays in terms of how he's got them drilled and, and just everybody knows all the roles. I mean, I think I'll give a lot of credit as well to um, to Kennedy and, and Richie in that respect as well in terms of the they, they never um, left their, their full-backs isolated very very much and they were always working back um, really well. And, one and interesting Richie, thing, sorry to interrupt, sorry, yeah, one interesting on. thing is that I, no one, I've not seen a replay of the goal but I'm pretty sure Kennedy's out of position in that it's Shelby who doesn't really get close enough to uh, bouncy for the ball in. Um, That's right. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I don't know what happened there. And that kind of shows that once we're out of our shape a little bit, we never really recovered from that moment. But I mean, as as you see, I think it is Shelby, you're right. But even then, as you said, it was like an overhit cross. Like it wasn't a great ball in. And it's just, it's just sod's law that it's, it's led to a chance. And we've, we've sort of made, made the one mistake in the game and it's cost with, but I can't, I can't criticise as as we've said again. We can't criticise any of the players because they gave everything. We, we, we dominated the last twenty five minutes of the game in terms of we were the ones looking to to sort of take take the game to them. And and Allardyce did what he does. He put everybody behind the ball and they just started to make it a very ugly game. And and it 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 sort of wasn't really much of a contest. It was it was whether Newcastle were going to get the the goal or not really. Um, well, can I can I dive in there? You you just. You've just mentioned the players that Everton have bought for thirty odd million plus, and you didn't. Even, you know what it is? You mentioned those players without even mentioning Keane was fucking thirty million, right? Yeah. <laughs> Schneidlin was thirty million. The others two aren't even mentioned. Yeah. We and Rooney's wages must be. I mean, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how big we and Rooney's wages are. So what we've got here is we've got two two sides. Hugely different in terms of budget and what they spend on, on on players playing a game five games before the end of the season when they're both destined to finish like mid table in the top ten. So what you what you think is that they kind of natural the natural abilities would come through the fact that they are a lot more expensive than we are. You know these are proven Premier League players, blah blah blah, and it didn't. We we lim- we limited them. I mean I'm saying limited them. I mean don't get me wrong, they were very unadventurous, but they had one chance. And as as we've already said, it wasn't really a chance. It was a it was kind of a mistake. It was you know it was it was it was it was a, like a lack of marking. It was a, we got a bit out of shape. And, and Walcott produced a really good finish. They didn't have any clear cut chances. They had no clear cut chances. Possibly Jad Yelgan the first half when he scooped it over the bar. Um, but I can't criticise that performance from us today. And I've, I've said it before. I'm probably repeat myself. But in context. We didn't really do that much wrong. We didn't necessarily do much right, but we didn't do much wrong. It was just a very... It was one of those games where the first goal was probably always going to win it, and unfortunately, we didn't get it, and we didn't get the rub of the green in terms of we should have had a penalty, they should have had a red card, but I'm not going to walk away from tonight feeling like the whole world's crashing in. I mean, Jesus Christ, given given where we've been for the last sort of three or four weeks, given the results we've had, and given where we're going to finish at the end of the season... This game is a, 
it's a game that in two years' time we won't even we won't even remember. To be honest with you, I think just to come in there, I think the only the only frustration really for us was I don't think we we got the wide players involved enough. And Dodds already alluded to it before when he said um, about how they 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 sort of um, restricted us being able to do that in terms of the balls in Slomani and things like that. They they didn't allow um, Richie ever really to get a, a sort of a proper um, opportunity one on one against Baines and likewise Kennedy didn't really get many opportunities against Coleman and I think that was the only sort of um, thing where I think had had we got more opportunities out wide we could have probably done some more damage to them and, and maybe he's, um caused them some problems but they didn't allow us to do that and I think you've got to give them credit. Um, they did, a, they did a job on what we've come here and Shelby Shelby was negated. I mean Shelby really struggled with our Gale. As good as Shelby is, Gale is his outboard and you know, Gale's passes look good because sorry, Shelby's passes look good because Gale's on the end of them. Um they are good passes of course and they're good runs and it works well. It didn't really work with Slomani. I thought him and Diame were way too deep first half and then Rafa changed it after the goal went in and Shelby kinda of got of a, a more of a a free roll, but it just didn't work. I thought Marino actually had a really good game and just funny enough, we, we, I can't remember when I said it today, but I, but I did say at some point it would have been interesting to see Marino at some point play alongside Diame in this form that Diame is in. You know, Shelby's form has massively improved. Who's to say Marino's wouldn't either? Um, it wasn't a great night for Shelby, I thought. I thought Diame was brilliant second half, as usual. Uh-huh. Um, the, the amount of times he, he terrifies the opposition is, is quite something. Um, he won tackle after tackle and he was great in possession, very composed, very calm. Maybe you know if if Diarmid could just add a little that attacking threat that we thought we were gonna get from Diarmid when he signed, if that was there, would be some player. Um, can I can I ask you two a question? Yeah. Inter- interesting that you've said that. It's interesting, yeah, what you've what you've seen him other white players, i.e. Kennedy and then Diarmid. So in in the watching it on TV in the pub, we kind of uh, there were like what five of us and we came to a collective agreement on the two best players in the Newcastle side. It'd be interesting to compare them to who you two thought were the best. So. Who would you two see were your best two Newcastle performers today? I'd go Lascelles and Diome. I think I'd go Diome and it's tough because I think there's a lot of players. I mean, I thought Kennedy was was willing and and probably did a lot of our best stuff, but he just didn't get the opportunity to do it. Sort of in the business end of the pitch, I think Lascelles was class in the air, but again, he didn't really have much to do, so I probably wouldn't even. I, th- I think it's for me. I'll probably go Diarmé and Kennedy. Very interesting, Ben, because that's exactly who we. That's the consensus we reached as well. I think Kennedy. What what I liked about him was, I mean, that and that was the just to come back to what Dodds made the point before about Madley. Like it pissed us off massively that thing because Madley didn't give him any protection whatsoever, and and Madley yeah. created that when when Kennedy reacted at the end in that issue, and that could have easily. Like seeing if Kennedy had raised his hands to his face yeah, or something, he could have easily sent him off. Could have easily sent him off, and that was just like madly created that fucking issue by not giving the foul like ten, uh-huh. ten fouls earlier. Like the the guy was literally just kicking into the back of him, pushing him, kicking in the back and pushing him, and you literally the got him, let him get away with about five or six fouls on the bounce, and in the end, Kennedy just snapped and he was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, how many times are you gonna foul us?" And that was mad, that was like that's typical of Madley, just not fucking reading the game and saying, "Ah, your first foul, right?" Like, what what advantage does Kennedy get from being fouled five more times and running back to his goal? It was just shit. But anyway, like 
Kennedy's just he, he is our like outlet and he's he's the the sort of the creator and he was all over the pitch tonight. I mean that's maybe why we didn't get him in the in the wide positions because he was coming central quite a bit. But he was linking up the play a lot and I, I thought he he um he I, I thought he he kept going and he did really well and and he he was the one that looks like the sort of the most sort of the one that was going to unlock them if if we did. He, I I thought he did well. His, his set piece delivery was good tonight. I think he didn't really affect the game in the final third as much as you'd like. Matt Ritchie just pushed so much graft in; it was unbelievable. No wonder he had to be taken off. But uh, another positive for Kennedy's completed two ninety minutes in a row. Um, if you remember when he when he was at Palace and Bournemouth and that, he'd literally done after like fifty five minutes tops. Um, so he's clearly getting fitter. Um, yeah, it, it it's been a it's been a difficult night. I'd much rather be doing this podcast on a fucking Sunday. Or a Saturday than in Liverpool on Monday night, but there you go. Cheers, Sky, Bellens. Um, uh-huh. But you know we'll, we'll, we'll go on and what a, what a game we'll have to put this right at uh, bottom of the league. West Brom, who are showing some fantastic form under Darren Moore, seems to be doing a fantastic job. Um, so it'll be a really good game on Saturday. Uh, well, you know we'll win on Saturday, like Norman says. Where we'll not remember this game in two years' time. We'll not remember it in two weeks if we if we win on Saturday, and then uh, exactly, and then go to Spurs and do something. So. Um, or Watford even, uh, first. Uh, so yeah, I think lads, I think that just about does it. Um, unless you unless you think I've missed something off, so um, please say so now or forever forever hold your peace. Um, we've got loads coming up this week for patrons. Four more shows this week, on top of the match day we've already done today. Uh, subscribe five pound a month if you like the podcast. Um, you know people are signing up every day. It's really good. Thank you for for all of that and all of you, all of those people who do that. Next podcast, next three podcasts will be next Sunday after the West Brom game. Myself and Ben will be in Poland for that. So most likely it'll be Cy, Norman, and others with that one. And um, you know, frustrating to lose. No one likes losing football matches. I'm sure the players and especially Rafa aren't happy with that tonight. But you know, you can't win them all. And um, I'm sure we'll uh, have plenty more. Well, a couple more good days left this season. So thanks for listening. We'll be back with you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.